everybody. Welcome to this new episode of the Pearl Dialogues. My name is Wazi, and together with Elin, I host this podcast. And in this podcast, we explore the nature of reality through the lens of the diamond approach. In this episode, we have a new guest, a new teacher that's been recently ordained one and a half years ago, approximately from today. And we dive into some interesting topics, including um, practicing realization in everyday life. We talk about spiritual bypassing and uh, the importance of really working with our personality, our ego and our soul. So it's a rich conversation where we touch on different subjects related to that. And I very much invite you to sense your arms and legs while listening and to be in the now here <laughs> in the moment as this is a very big part of what we're doing both learning but also being and transforming that's all i have to say and i wish you all the best hello everyone and welcome back to a new episode of pearl dialogues Tonight, we have a new teacher with us, and this is uh, John Menzies. Welcome, John. Thank you. Thank you very much. Nice to meet you both. Yeah. Yeah, likewise. Mm. Yeah. Um, I would like to start with a round, introducing just uh, where you are located in the world. Okay. So uh, I'm in Vienna, Austria. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Hey, hey, everybody. My name is Wazi. I'm based in Oslo, Norway. Yes. And I am Elin, and I am based in uh, Molkom, Sweden. Yeah. Wonderful. So let's see where we will go tonight it's a beautiful spring evening in europe um, at least in scandinavia in is it good weather too. with you oh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah wonderful. nice here too yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> summer is blooming soon mm -hmm. so i'm i'm curious sean do you want to share a little bit about how how did like the diamond approach path find you yeah, sure. Happy to. Um, so actually, I was introduced to the diamond approach by my last uh, spiritual teacher in, I think it was 19, in the late 90s. And I had been and was a student of an energy master called Michael Barnett. I had been with Michael Barnett for... Um, a long time up until about 2013 i was his student sort of in the diamond approach and with him at the same time i think it was in 1997 i was attending a a uh, what we used to call an energy training in his in his methods and he read out a chapter of diamond heart book one about the student's relationship to the teaching hamid's early work and uh, he read this out, and I thought, this is fantastic. Who is this guy? 
So I asked Michael, who is this guy? He says, oh, this is Almas. He's a teacher in the States and so on and so forth. And that was my first introduction to the diamond approach. And, and then I think about a year later, my mother sent me Space Cruiser Inquiry. She said, I know you'll like this book. And, um, and, and I did. Yeah. And so then I took, I entered like, my first group in 2003 with Sandra Maitri. I think the group is now called UK Big. Back then it was, I think, UK One, perhaps. This was 2003. And uh, that started my journey. And I, after that uh, retreat, I shifted a couple of years later to Diamond Approach Italy in 2006. Yeah, that was it. Hmm. A follow-up question on that. Sure. What is your understanding? What is the Diamond Path? What is the diamond approach in, in your experience of it, having threaded this path for a long time? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, the, the diamond approach, the diamond path is a, an ongoing uh, discovery of becoming who you truly are. Um, it's a path that, in my experience, uh, having become a teacher, demands everything. And, and, and it demands might be too big of a word there, but it really does ask for a full commitment um, to, the, to the work. And um, yeah, so becoming who you truly are, authenticity, um, it's always new, always something unknown about it and yet known. And just when you think you, oh, it, this is coming to a kind of completion or something, another door opens and there's a whole, you know, universe in front of you again. And it's all unknown. Yeah. It's very touching to say that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm curious how it touches you. So when you say it touches you, how does it touch you? Well, it's a path with heart. So it really touches my heart to feel not only the journey that I've been on, but to, to meet people who are on the journey of the diamond approach and and people who aren't and just to see uh, them and to and to uh, to realize that there's a whole universe in front of you in the form of a person so that's very touching it's very beautiful yeah yeah like we're three universes right now so, yeah. <laughs> what about you? How does it touch you, Wesley? Hmm. Uh, 
you brought in the book space choir inquiry space, space cruiser inquiry which um is a teaching on the practice of inquiry and this is something that is very i've been contemplating a lot lately the potential and the depth of the practice of inquiry and how when the practice of inquiry inquire, uh, matures in a soul, how it, the practice itself is such a vehicle for transformation and liberation. Mm -hmm. And how this process of asking questions, being curious about what is happening, this attitude of wanting to understand reality, wanting to understand experience, wanting to understand why things are happening the way they're happening. Mm -hmm. <sighs> brings a whole dimension to life, I've, in my life, that I, I couldn't see myself living without, to be fair, after having now been on the, you know, been practicing this for a long time. Uh -huh. uh, so I feel it's trend. I mean, that practice and the teaching itself has transformed my soul uh, in a very radical way. Uh -huh. I, I attest a lot of that to the practice of inquiry itself. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's what comes up for me. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And what about you, Elaine? I'm curious. Mm -hmm. Right now I'm sitting here enjoying. <laughs> <laughs> enjoying the conversation, enjoying listening. That's something you mentioned which sparked something more in me was when you mentioned uh, <laughs> book one. I want to approach book one because I found it like such a Bible. Like, oh, I really like, I love it. And uh, mm -hmm. like, in times of trouble, I basically like flip through it like on random and I open it and I'm like, something here will help, like, remind me of something. Great. So, so yeah. I thought it was beautiful that this just came to you and you were like, wow, what is this? Like, who wrote this what was it and i i'm really curious to know what it was you said it was like what the relationship to the teacher it is actually it's called the student's relationship to the teaching mm, to the teaching yes to the sorry. teaching but of course it talks about the teacher right mm. um, um and um so my my relationship with spiritual teachers, I, I come from the Rajneesh tradition. I was born into that. I was like seven, six, seven years old with when I joined Osho. My family, we joined Osho and we kind of who I know as Bhagwan, Sri Rajneesh. And and we and I always grew up with this feeling that the the teacher you meet is a kind of destiny. There's a sacred connection that you have that I have with my teachers. And like I have with everybody else, but with teachers, there's something kind of special about it. And and I definitely felt that I had that with Michael Barnett, and uh, and I've had that with, I feel that with Hamid, and I feel that with my Diamond Approach teachers. And so what touched me about it was 
what did I mean by that? What's the, what do we mean by this kind of sacred connection we have with our teachers? And, mm -hmm. um, and it goes, for me, it goes beyond this life. And, 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 and there's a kind of asymmetry uh, in my relationship with my teacher that even if, even if I'm, or a person's more realized, it, it's not about that. They're still your teacher. So, and, and my experience also brought me into the Shaolin tradition from China. And there's very strict hierarchy in Buddhism with your teacher, very rigid. Yeah. And um, so it was more what touched me about it. And what touched me was kind of like an answer to that sacred connection with the teaching and, and to the teacher. Yeah. The sacred relationship um, that you develop. You don't, it, in my experience, it, there's a connection that can be very strong. That's that I had with my teachers, like, oh, yeah, this, I know this is my teacher. And I don't know really how you know that. It's just a, a feeling. You can't, I can't kind of analyze it, so on, you know. But um, yeah, and then that develops and that unfolds. And even if you have a falling out with that teacher and you never see them, you don't see them for 10 years, they're still your teacher. So there's, there's something very sacred about uh, a student's relationship with the teacher and with the teaching. That's why we have the adab practice in the Ridwan school. You know, adab is like a, a form of respect for, for a, and, and a form of behaving for the teaching. I forget the meaning exactly, but it's, you know, it's a way of, of having a, a right relationship with the teaching and with your teacher. Yeah. You want to elaborate on that? Because I think some people might be quite new for that. Oh, so yeah, adab means like a way of um, how that works out practically is like arriving on time for meetings, not bringing mm. your cup of coffee into the meeting. You can have a glass of water. No, but no, you know, like bringing your bowl of soup into the meeting, um, you know, respecting the sacred, uh, the the sacred quality of the of the meeting room so no talking questions you can ask questions but no we don't gossip and have a social a social hour you know because it's uh, the work is about the work actually asks a lot of your resources and and if you're going in the in the you know the sort of normal way of chatting and relating and stuff, then all that energy is, is, you know, going into that. And it's not going into the practice, which is, you know, we did a little meditation when we started this. Um, there's a sensing practice. And then there's this discovery of presence, whatever, whatever presence is, right? And, and so if we're going our habitual ways all the time, then, you know, we're not going to be doing the practices. And, and uh, so anyways, that's what adab means. It's kind of uh, a kind of right, let's say a, a, a right respectful behavior uh, to the teaching, to your teacher and to your, you know, to the other students, whether you're in, um, depending on the, the form you're in, if you're in the, you know, we have the large group format and then there's small groups 
and then there's private sessions and you know you have adab for all of those good practice yeah yeah thank you for explaining yeah yeah it feels clear yeah One thing that I read from your profile is, I don't know where it originates, but I know that Almas, the founder of the Diamond Approach, has mentioned it several times. And it's something that's been alive in me uh, over the last, particularly the last 24 hours. And it's practice is realization and realization is practice. You also wrote that on your mm -hmm. profile. Yeah. So I was wondering, do you have any reflections on that? Do you have any, what does that mean to you? So, well, firstly, that's a quote from one of my favorite Zen masters. Yeah. Dogen. Oh. And, I, and I love Zen. And, and, okay, these crazy Zen masters from, uh, you know, from the past, also from today, from the past. Practice is enlightenment. Enlightenment is practice. It means that there is nowhere to arrive to. And there's nothing to get. And uh, it, it, it's, and that's it. So you, if after enlightenment, you still have to do your laundry, right? <laughs> you, you still have to work out in the world. You still have to be an ordinary person. And there's, there's another great Zen saying, which just be ordinary, nothing special. And, you know, we're trying constantly, the way our ego is structured, is to be extraordinary, is because we suffer and we want to be special and we want to be seen, and, right? That's a big part of our structure from, from birth right up into adulthood. And it's very, very painful, we know, to not be seen and to feel, not to feel special and to feel, uh, really ordinary i mean say that to a pop star just be ordinary you know well maybe they would get it i don't know but you know normally it's it's a it's very difficult to be really normal really ordinary the true nature doesn't try to be extraordinary you know it just is what it is so yeah so so that's that's how that line touches me practice is enlightenment enlightenment is practice and, and, you know, of course, you can go into that. What does enlightenment mean? You know, what kind of enlightenment are you talking about? What practice are you talking about? But just basically, it means that there's nowhere to get to. And there's nothing to get. Right? That's all. It's, 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 it's like Hamid used to talk about where he thought he, he arrived somewhere. And then he said that well, what a mistake that was, right? <laughs> you know, and uh, and yeah, that's that's my experience too. It's on you know you you need to practice, and um, and it, it, there's an there's an irony to it because it's like if you do something, you can't do anything to get it right. Like doing is the effort that we make, and if we effort, then nothing it's not going to work you know all the it's actually the point is to stop all the effort that we make in life you know we're efforting we're efforting to to try to be someone to succeed to 
And the, the whole point is to stop the effort. But the irony is, is if you don't do the practice, nothing will happen. If you don't practice, if you don't sit, if we don't do our cast meditation and we don't. So, so there's a, there's a kind of paradox to it that I find. Right. Yeah. And, and then it's like, we need to, you know, this term Wu Wei, right? Wu Wei, which we need to learn to not do. And that seems to be not the easiest, yeah, the easiest thing in the world, you know, Wu Wei, not doing. Yeah. So I hope that's not too technical. I don't, you know, I can't really explain that all, but it's, you know, it's sort of pointing to when you look at all the effort we're making, and you guys, you probably know that from your private sessions, right? You see like, God, the ego is trying so hard. And and then you just stop. And it's like, it's an amazing sense of presence that unfolds. And, and you relax. And you, you know, I remember seeing numerous times how much effort I was uh, putting forward just to be. And you don't need to. <laughs> yeah. Right. You don't need to have that experience today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Yeah. So I came home from work. I work at a, I'm a school teacher for mm -hmm. graders. I came home and I noticed that I was stressed. There was an element of stress in my system. And with that, there was a sense of effort. There was a tension that I was carrying in my body. Yeah. And then I, from yesterday, I had this very deep insight into how the practice of inquiry is one, is, one can bring that into anything. There is no limitation to the practice of inquiry. Mm -hmm. And in the depth of that practice of first, so I'm, I'm going back to my formal practice of inquiry here, which happened in meditation, where I really penetrated that layer of myself of ego activity and then came into this space of freedom where i was simply exploring the nature of realities exploring the moment feeling that free unfolding mm -hmm. yeah. you know essence was available and you know i was just discerning the different aspects was feeling so free so i went from being more contracted to that expansion and then in that in that moment of seeing this 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 insight of Practice is realization, realization is practice becomes so self-evident in that uh, in I mean the vehicle for that free that, that liberation that took place in that meditation session was the inquiry practice for me. Mm -hmm. And it shifted me from being in an efforting uh, resistance and uh, at having an agenda to being the in the realm of open-ended exploration of the moment mm -hmm. so that insight of ah practice is realization realization is practice action I, I can actually bring this inquiry dimension into every aspect of my life so it gave me a sense of support and 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 the new wisdom you could say that yeah. then flushed over into the next day which is today that after I came home from work, I, I noticed, I became aware that I was stressed and seeing how I was rushing when I was cooking my lunch. Mm -hmm. And then I just stopped and said, okay, let's just inquire into this. 
So I open up the space. I, I shifted out of that being in this agenda of trying to complete the task and complete yeah. my food and all of that stuff. And then just opened up the space. And then I noticed everything you were saying. I was becoming more relaxed. My awareness started to spread out and to expand presence yeah. to feel my consciousness and my body. And it's just a completely different realm of existence that opens up. And the, the tension patterns that was so hard in my system started to relax and melt away. And the sunlight came in, you know, yeah. I was aware of the sunlight. Yeah. So, so it's so funny that we're speaking about this. It's so real for me, you know? Yeah, I can, I can feel it. I can experience the sunlight that you're talking about. And yeah. that's, that's realization. That's it right there. You just described for me with much better words than I did. Practice is enlightenment. Enlightenment is practice. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. What's happening in your body now? Let's see. I'm just, I'm just so amazed by the fact that I read that on your profile, and then I had that synchronous insight yesterday. And before that, I haven't really understand and understood that uh, that saying: realization is practice, practice is It's been shining in me. It hadn't landed yet. It hadn't. It had never integrated. And then it came up yesterday in meditation. So it's just like, whoa, <laughs> it's amazing. And then feeling, feeling the joy of being with you and the opportunity to share it and mm. just sharing in this yeah. way. And you know, I feel really grateful in my heart and, and a sense of freedom. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I have something here that I, it would be wonderful to, to explore. And I, I feel like reading something from your profile, which was so beautifully described. Sure. Yeah. What is most important for people to understand about the diamond approach is that it is a gradual path and teaching that really delves deeply into the finest details of the self soul and ongoing essential realization. It is not a path where one can hope to somehow quickly bypass or transcend oneself and one's issues and history. Right. Moreover, the Diamond Approach Logos forms a coherent and co cogent teachings, quite unlike any other contemporary spiritual methods and teachers who offer their students nice spiritual experiences that can be vague and unclear teaching with little understanding. It is also a path of deep and subtle nuance, which does not embrace a typical and traditional teacher-student hierarchy. Finally, while it of course welcomes curiosity shoppers, it really does recognize and support the value of long-term participation in the teaching and the sacred and enduring commitment to oneself and the work. Yeah, that's, that's what I, that's a good uh, further explanation what I meant about it's how it, it's demanding like it demands you know everything really you know as you know as you slowly let's say uncover the tip of the iceberg you know you start to see how 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 detailed it is how fine the work is how how involved inquiry can become and that it, you know inquiry is a, a total experience it's it's not it's not just 
your mind or or your heart or your belt. It's it's everything, and uh, and 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 not that doesn't happen all at once. At first, you know, because we might be defended in certain ways, and we need to be, and and that's been very important for our structuring and so on. So we there's maybe certain aspects of our heart we can inquire into right away. We need we need time. We need time to to be able to approach maybe a wounded part of ourselves with, with compassion and, and self-care and trust. And that can take a long time. And, and that's what I meant about it being a gradual path. And, um, and, and it's not a path of transcending. So many non-dual teachers and spiritual teachers, uh, they have a very strong transmission but the students don't know what the heck happened. How did I get here? What was that that happened, right? And then maybe the teacher will tell some kind of joke and everybody laughs about it. And, uh, you know, what happened to me? Oh, I feel like I'm having a heart attack. No, you're not having a heart attack. You're having a God attack. I remember that from really long, like a long time ago uh, with... Uh, with Rajneesh, he said that to one of his students or read it in a book or something. And, and that was a beautiful moment for that, that person. But, you know, what does it mean then? Hmm. So what is it? I'm having a God attack so or a heart attack. Hopefully not a heart attack, you know. But so you, you inquire uh, into it. So it's really about becoming conscious. And... Um, and um, getting to know your structure, your psychodynamic structure, right? That's a big part of this work and that takes a long time. And, that, and it makes a lot of sense to me that it takes a long time because we were born into this world and the structure develops in the first 25 years of our life, right? That's a long time structuring a lot of experience. So, so that's why I wrote that, that that's a gradual path and you can come to a kind of weekend group or something, and you know you you'll have a you'll have a hope you know probably an impactful experience, and and something may even touch uh, touch you in it, you know, touch the person in it. But really, not much is going to shift and change in in a in a short time. I, 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 that hasn't been my experience. And I was in traditions that, that were just transcendent paths and, um, they tried to go quickly and they, 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 they ended up actually hurting a lot of people as well as, as helping them. And that's a big distinction that I, I find very important with the diamond approach is in my experience, uh, I've, I've never met one student or teacher, a student who's been abused, or teacher who's been an abuser, or you know said something that's really out of tune or really off, or uh, that's never been my experience in the in the diamond approach. I've heard about some conflicts happening, but then there's always such care to follow up to, uh, you know, to to see what's happening, to uh, to work out the conflict between maybe students or teachers and students, and so on. There's this whole care committee. There's such a focus on, on that. And when Hamid said, I read in one of Hamid's books years ago, it's like, you don't need to be hurt anymore. We're hurt enough, right? And that was so touching to me because so many spiritual traditions, 
and ways and masters and non-dualists, they really hurt their students. And they say, you have to be hurt, right? In the 70s, that was it. You have to be hurt, you know? Not, not like a Zen master smacking you. Your whole cup has to be broken, right? So, so when, when I read this kind of like, him, you'd say, we're already, we, you know, we're already hurt. We don't need to be hurt anymore. It was such a relief for me. And, uh, and a path I felt I could really go, you know, all the way so to speak. Yeah. So, so that centricity of compassion in the diamond approach is for me, just one of the most beautiful things about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and that it's gradual. I mean, what a wonderful thing. It's gradual. You slowly find out you go for a nice walk in the park and you look at the trees and it's a lovely thing. You don't have to race through it, get through the end, right? So, yeah, so that's, that's very, um, very beautiful for me, all of, all of the aspects of the diamond approach. Today. And I feel it's very important that people know that, you know. Yeah. What's happening in you right now, Sharon? Well, I'm very touched by it. I feel the strength of um, the str- the integrity of the teaching, right? And um, how that integrity how that integrity uh, unfolds as a guide, right? And um, so, if you're honest, you know if you are if a part of your structure is coming up. And then you inquire into it. And if you're not honest, you're going to be, you're probably somewhere in you, we know we're playing a little, you know, a little play going on somehow. (laughs) Mm. But, but yeah, that how honesty and integrity and, uh, and and that doesn't come all at once, right? It's an unfoldment. It's a slow unfoldment, you know. And then one of the most beautiful things for me is to see students, and I've only been a teacher for a year, but I see my colleagues that's going through with colleagues in my home group for 15 years or 16 years now, you know, and the teacher training we're getting on. So we started in 2012, 10, 11 years now, right? And you, you, you see how beautiful well, people are, but how much they change, how much we all change. And um, and still sometimes the same issue. My mother still bothers me, you know? <laughs> right? Yeah, my past still with my father, my past with my father, it can be really painful still, really painful. When I think about everything I went through, we had a child with him and so on. You know, it's not like it goes away doesn't just go away that's the other thing is people want to people if i inquire into this it'll go away no it might get even worse (laughs) but but what does happen is true nature and so who you truly are your essence starts to unfold let's say and that supports you 
So when that issue comes again, you have all this space around it and you have all this reality and experience around it. So it's not that little issue or can feel like a very big issue, right? And um, <clears throat> yeah, so yeah, that's the process of the work really, yeah. Yeah, students often say to me, I go through something. And I was thinking about that. Do you really go through it? Like that, it's not like we really go through something, but we say that because an event happened and we started crying or we started having some experience and then we came, we finished and said, well, I really went through something. But no, you're staying with your experience the whole time and you're watching this kind of unfoldment and so on. So for me to say go through means like I'm going to reach somewhere and then I'll be at the end of this. That's not my experience. No. Yeah. I have, I have some very practical on that note. Because yeah. It's notice something coming up for me when we speak about this. It's something that I, yeah, I, that's coming, coming, coming live. And it's how this teaching for me has strengthened me in my ability to fend against the inner critic which yeah. has allowed me to be more myself and be more true and authentic. Right. Other thing that comes up is how this teaching has made me so much more sensitive to life. Mm -hmm. Meaning uh, my ability to embody the moment and embody the experience of life in itself, which gives it an added dimension of texture, of nuance and intimacy. And what yeah. comes up for me as I speak about this, why are we here? Are we not here to experience? Okay, so if we're here to experience as human beings, must it not be then a tremendous worth and value in increasing your sensitivity to experience life in its intimacy, in its rawness, in its directness? Yeah. And then another thing that comes up just on the, on the riff of what you're saying is the ability to disidentify from mm -hmm. the ego and from um, our uh, self-images and ideas and roles and so right. forth and how that creates so much more space in our consciousness so that when we're triggered or when something arises in our consciousness, we're not dominated by it in the same way that we had tended to be just because there is more internal space and there is more understanding that the con content of our experience does not define us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like came up as a kind of as a following up on the thread you were bringing in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so true. So true. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really see your energy like pumping <laughs> up as you're talking about yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree with this sensitivity for the world and also, and also, of course, the super ego being able to say, like, you know what? stop like stop harassing me i want to enjoy life but i want to share i had this experience uh with you know and it wasn't a spiritual experience but in a way it was like me and my diamond approach the best buddy we went and watched a new avatar movie oh, and yeah. we were both sensitive cool. beings and mm -hmm. wow i mean that was so intense yeah it was and oh we were sitting like this, 
and afterwards we needed to sit and we needed to breathe and we needed to go for a long walk like in, in the <laughs> snow yeah. in, in Stockholm and we were like looking around going like how can everybody stand up and leave straight away like we were we were taken away it was like so much beauty passion fear I mean yeah. motherly love it was so many strong I was like, this is a great move. But yeah. yeah um, and also this about the, you know, they're also discovering something spiritual in that mm -hmm. work. Like it's also that that path of coming of like non-believing or non-respect and then going like, okay, there is something bigger here. And we're all connected to it. When like, you are that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And now when you say you are that, I'm I'm curious. I was thinking about it before as well, but what is your take on this saying as is it as within, so without? Like, do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, like um well what I what I what I feel when you say that is um like there's no real inside outside it's like you're recognizing a non-dualism like a, a boundless like when we the boundless experience there's no well that's not exactly true there can be a, a person in a non-dual you know experience of oneness right there's in and out don't really make sense do they right 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 so, and how so, would you say is the diamond approaches take on that non-dual aspect um well uh, the diamond approach um divides you know talks about turnings right and um and the these turnings are a kind of signify a certain uh part of the realization so you know there's we there's the first turning and that's a lot about dualistic experience, knowing what the true self is. Then the pearl work, you know, the pearl is the true contact with people and the, the true autonomy, the separation from our, what we say are object relations. So mm -hmm. there's some technical jargon, right? Like, you know, you have a, we have a relationship with our primary caregiver and there's an emotional energy between that. And that's called Affects There's more jargon there, right? So that energy, and, and you know, that affects our structure, that impacts us, and so that may cause some wounding or cause the structure to be kind of constricted in a certain way. And so, in the diamond approach, we work to understand our structure, to understand these object relations with our mother, with our father, with our school teachers, with our you know, when we were little, our primary caregivers that develop so that's a real dualistic quality and then there's like a turn where the work kind of turns and and then you can into a, a different turning which they call with you know call the non-dual non-dual which in the diamond approach we call boundless dimensions and um i don't know if you've had that you haven't had that on the Diamond approach online yet because it's have you had did you have the boundless work Ellen in your in your retreat no, no. no. okay in the diamond approach anyway 
Okay. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, that's where the person disappears. I just put it simply, right? The, there's, it's not exactly like that because there can be a person there too, but the person disappears. There's this universal, the oceanic experience where there's no separate observer. It's where you realize you're, you are. So when you said you, you know, you are, are um, feeling the sensitivity of the avatar film, right? Well, that everything else would be you as well there. All those people who walked out of the cinema are also you, right? Also feeling that sensitivity also. So, so they're not aware of it, but you know, that that's the, what we mean by kind of non-dual experience. There's no person there. And um, yeah, it's quite a, can't really say anything about it in one kind of interview. <laughs> yeah but I'm, yeah yeah so yeah, i love yeah. i enjoy listening to it so yeah yeah so so but anyways and wazi what you brought into the body see that's the many teachings ignore the body yeah meditating and and you know so uh and um the body, that's another aspect of Diamond Approach that I appreciate so much is the body is so important. The, you know, we call it the body soul. It's not that that you are separate from your soul is separate from your body. Your soul is your body is your soul. It's just an outer expression of it. And and that's why it can be so important uh, why we engage in body work when we do our session work with people. We use body work. We call it diasomatic work maybe in your private sessions with your teacher have they done have they done body work with you guys in your private sessions we well, lie on you lie on a mat you do breath work have you done that with your private teachers yeah yeah it has happened it has yeah. happened i mean i for me it's happened through all the modalities as well be, be yeah an approach you know yoga pranayama uh, yeah, asana so, practice and other practices. So I feel I've given it a lot of attention, uh, body practices, uh, but outside the outside this particular uh, school. Huh? Yeah. So so I I yeah I I also uh, the body is always is very important to me. I mean I've been practicing Shaolin Kung Fu for for a few decades now. So you know I use my body a lot and. Um, I, it's really centrally important to the work to to so we engage with diasomatic breath work with students. We do breath work. We work with the body because the body is so connected to your to your psychic structures. You know, to your ego. It's it is your. You can feel. You know, we talk about the ego line. That's the left side of the body. You're feeling. You know, kind of tension. Many people feel it on the left. That's where the ego. The ego line is right we talk about that so that's another practice in uh, in the dying approach another a practice for realization is working with your body you know linda creer has the diamond body practice have you interviewed linda no linda creer oh well yeah, yeah i would suggest that she's <laughs> yeah yeah she's she's got this wonderful developed this wonderful practice called uh, diamond body practice and uh, you know many students many uh, retreats the students do that in the morning before the retreat it's a really important practice for realization using the body 
And as you maybe both of you also experience keeping the body healthy and inquiring into what is my what is the body soul need right now, right? Do I need to uh, do I need to practice? You know, what should I eat? What does it feel? What feels right now for me? The truth of this body, and uh, it's a really important part. And and I think uh, particularly paths that transcend you know, the transcendent path. Like I don't need to work on myself because it's just an illusion. So what do I need to work on? You know, like, <laughs> right. Like, there's no understanding in that. Oh. So, so you, you know, you miss out this wonderful vehicle that we have for such a short time here. So, yeah, that is great. You do yoga. And I love Shaolin Kung Fu. I love Shaolin Kung Fu. And uh, and Shaolin Tai Chi and Qigong and all that stuff and Diamond Body Practice. I mean, it's really a central part of my practice. Yeah, yeah. As it means, yeah, it's an inquiry, right? But yeah, moving your body is an inquiry, just like saying, "What is my experience right now?" You know. So as you move your body, you know, tension there. Well, what does that mean? What's what's that? What is that? So yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel I feel moved to riff on some some of the things you said and shared about, particularly um when we talk about the turnings, so the different mm -hmm. stages of of the path, you could say. And yeah. something that's quite relevant for me, and I know for a lot of people listening as well, talking about non-duality, you know, that is a very popular keyword nowadays. Mm -hmm. And one thing that is quite unique about the Diamond approach is how we go, the emphasis that is given on soul development and the evolution of the soul, um, which in, in, includes the essential aspects, realizing our internal strength, will, compassion, opening to the depth of peace that is our birthright you could say or our natural not natural true nature and also the aspect of um, um joy <laughs> how could i almost forget that joy mm -hmm. and then moving into moving into so so the reason why i'm bringing it up because i notice how that is has really worked on me over the last seven years that personal development and that that evolution of my soul which is now opening to another stage where suddenly in inquiries i end up in experience and end up in situations where there is no trace of self left so the self like you said simply gone mm -hmm. and then there is simply reality unfolding there's simply right. experience happening but there is no reference of self there is no self to be found mm -hmm. and there is an ordinary element about it in the sense that life is still life but there is no one claiming the experience yeah. which is so interesting but within the context of this teaching is so precious how there, it's so much emphasis is given on really developing the self in a very true way. And when we talk about bypassing or transcending, some teachings just go straight to the transcendence without actualizing the potential of the particular, you could say. Um, and 
from the view of this teaching, in my understanding, the transition into the boundless and the non-dual is a natural development when the soul is ready for it. And then it can, the self suddenly can disappear without that being a, a crisis. And then you're like, yeah. oh, dang, reality can happen without a self. <laughs> yeah. Reality, yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 There's realization and illumination like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what moves me uh, there it, when you talk about transcendent paths is, um, you know, you, you can't take shortcuts. Yeah. And, and anybody, in, in my experience, anybody who tells you you can take a shortcut is, is a, a liar. They, and they don't know what they're talking about. Right? Yeah. Because they, if, they might be enlightened, but they still have some really odd behavior, okay? And behavior that 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 hurts their students and is isn't helping their realization. So, and why do they behave like that? Because they haven't they haven't looked at that particular that you talked about. They haven't looked at their inner psychic psychological structure. I've been in the place in my life where looking at psychology was just bunk i thought what a bunch of bullshit why why the hell would you need to look at that i remember being in that space when i was in my early 20s yeah early 30s before i joined the the work before i did any kind of therapy or anything you know but then having read um all the material that were required you know teachers are required to read and study when you become a teacher of the diamond approach you you then ask the question, wow, you know, how can you possibly dismiss a body of work like this? How can you dismiss these pioneers, you know, psychodynamic work and Mahler and um, Sigmund Freud and um, Otto Kahnberg, all these big names, early names that you know also wanted to find out and wanted to help. A human humankind human beings and so on and a lot of experimental work right i mean early 70s and, and 80s was uh you know i think a lot of experimenting going on i'd have to say um but you know they it really has that whole body of work uh, which hamid understands and understood really intricately um you 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 you're crazy if you just dismiss it all if you just say it's not worth it uh, looking it's not really that important it doesn't really exist it's not really that necessary the self so we don't need to we don't need to talk about it or inquire into it for me it's really uh, um, almost a kind of arrogant step to say that 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 uh, that whole body of work is just not important to human development, human enlightenment, human realization, human evolution. So, and I think we see it with, and I've seen it with teachers and students and in myself, where you are transcended, but you still have some serious issues to work through, right? The person does, even when they're 80 years old or whatever, and they're really enlightened. They're not uh, free from their narcissism, they're not free from um, behaving in strange and hurtful ways. 
And, and I think this isn't a secret. Everybody knows this. You can look up online these spiritual teachers who profess to be celibate and they're sleeping with their students. It's like, um, excuse me, this this is wrong. <laughs> you know, like, you know, why are you doing that? Why does a person do that? that that's a good inquiry. You know, well, they, they got some issues, some big issues going on there, right? And they say it's because I'm enlightened and I'm omnipotent and I whatever I I have uh, I have the right to do that because of my realization or I don't know what they say why they say it but they, you know so I've been a witness to that kind of behavior and um, and and yeah it it causes harm and it doesn't help us to with our the as you talked about the evolution of this soul unfoldment of the soul in clarification yeah in clarification it doesn't ask questions and inquire into it and and uh, to find out what the experience is and and um you still have the shadow yeah a lot of shadow work right and what we're talking about here is the process of really digesting our past and metabolizing our history and, and exactly. really working yeah. through the patterns, or you could say the ego patterns, or the issues that we carry with us on a personal self level, and that yeah. we don't deal with our stuff, the stuff that we all have, mm-hmm. then it can come out in unconscious way, or it does come out in unconscious ways, even if there is a deep realization awakening to non duality. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I would like to speak to that because we mentioned the the old the old guys like Freud and his apprentice Jung, who said, you know, um, Jung said that you know to be enlightened is to look at your shadow and to work with that to to shine light on your shadow. Right. That's how you get enlightened not in this way of like because i hang around in spiritual community and stuff and i love it but this thing of just like chanting affirmations and you know, mm-hmm. it's just like sun sun and light light and i read in a book recently like doing that is a bit like staring at your blind staring yourself blind at the sun of like all the wonderful love yeah. and not realizing that you're like standing <laughs> in a pile of poop <laughs> yeah right and it's yeah. stinks yeah, yeah but you spray perfume of affirmations like to make it more and more glorious but if you then look down and realize oh like i'm standing in shit how is that like <laughs> why is that yeah it's true. like yeah. yeah then you can grow a lutus <laughs> like, but yeah. yeah like the soil the shadow can become fertile and it can yeah help you yeah like. mm. so the the you know those kind of practices i i i really respect those i have to say those kind of practices and uh, you know the chanting and um the meditation practice eastern traditions and i'm not shirking them and saying they're worthless at all but the the meeting of let's say, you know, that happened over the last century or for a hundred years or something, meeting of the East and the West 
you know, there's some really amazing figures in the last century that, you know, Thomas Merton is a Christian Trappist monk who was really interested in, in, in the East. And he did a lot to open up a very rigid Western tradition with the East, like Catholicism, right? And then there's Alan Watts, who I'm sure you both have heard of Alan Watts, who also was uh, singular in bringing Buddhism to the United States, Taoism, uh, and Zen. And, um, and he was, uh, you know, originally he was um, a, a Catholic. Uh, I think he was Catholic. He might have been Anglican, but he was a priest. He was in the church, and, and he left church. Uh, he was in the 60s and 70s. So you know, those are very important uh, traditions and, and, and all the uh, blessings that I had from my time with, with uh, Osho Rajneesh. I mean, it was also an incredible time. And um, with my journey with my other teacher in adult life, was many incredible things, but they always missed that one for me. They always missed that one point and inquiry came in and sort of filled that in for me and completed it. You know, the psyche, psychological structure and how that can <coughs> lead to freedom, liberation, as you said, and, um, and, um, and more, you know. Polite 
quickly up repeats Yeah, kiss me when my lips are thin Who's holy cow? This was the song that you chose, Sean, 
to share with us. Well, it wasn't an it, easy choice because I don't particularly have one favorite song. I have quite a lot of favorite songs. So, um, but you know, that's a beautiful song, and that's why I chose it. And um, the beautiful day, the strings, the the violins, um, lyrics, the accent, and the singer the uplifting quality of it. Yeah, that's why I chose it. Uh, and what's happening in your body as you listen to it or right now? Yeah, that when I listen to that, I, I, I feel uplifted. I feel buoyant, a lot of joy. And um, I love the imagery uh, in it. And you know the bit about relationships in it. It's got that kind of, you know, like a lot of songs are about another person and so on. So it's it's really nice to, it's really nice to hear that. Yeah, yeah, I just love it. I just think it's a beautiful song and a really awesome group, Elbow. I mean, really fantastic uh, band. What's happening in you, Ellen? What's happening in me? Mm. Yeah, there was like this, uh, there's like an, an enjoyment. I think it's also the, the violin, like the strokes that felt a bit like being in an ocean, like in the waves of an ocean. And I also really like the accent. I, I enjoy that type of male singing. Like it's really beautiful. I miss it in, in modern music, I think. A bit. Not knowing how old this piece is, but a while ago when I was younger, like old music sounded like that, I thought. Pretty old yeah. now, I guess. How you differ yeah, I think that's 2008 that came out, mm -hmm. that album. So, yeah. mm -hmm. so. Yeah, but it's a goodie. Yeah. What's happening in you now? Let's see. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel relaxed. I could resonate with a lot of the things Sean was saying about the music. Yeah, and I noticed my head go banging around, you know, to the to the sound of it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was a simple experience and simultaneously there was contemplation happening, you know, contemplating the moment in different ways. So, so that's what's happening. Actually, I feel moved to, to share another thing that you wrote in your description. Yeah. What have you, no, what would you like your potential students to know about you as a teacher of the Diamond Approach? Mm-hmm. I would like my potential students to know that I am here to serve you wholeheartedly with the deepest and most respectful compassion, honesty, and integrity to support your inquiry into yourself, into your soul as a human of being and into your discovery of presence and true nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I wrote you, I think with a capital uh, Y. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean that that in in a sense kind of sums up the the way that my teachers taught me. So it's also that's also a uh, expression of gratitude to my teachers in the diamond approach and to Hamid and Karen, the progenitors of the uh, diamond approach. So it's a statement of gratitude, and that's how I was when I when I when I entered my first retreat, I was met with uh, and impressed by the uh, you know, inexhaustible compassion that I, uh, I experienced immediately. Right? A love, but not a love like a divine love or uh, you know, a, a personal love that's all been there, but just the, the compassion for a human being. And, um, and that's what I've, been called to serve and i really mean the you with a capital y yeah to serve that you yeah and um yeah so that's what i wrote that yeah yeah right because it's not just for me that i do the work and you're not doing the work just for you it's for everybody yeah. Yeah. I feel a bit of a complete. I don't know. Do we have any more burning questions or thoughts? Yeah. Feels round, hey? Yeah. So then I would like to ask you, Sean. I heard you you just been a teacher for a year, is that so? Yeah, um just over a year, 2021, mm -hmm. October, September. Yeah, so I'm new. I'm a baby. I'm a baby. Yeah, green. <laughs> green. Green. Yeah, yeah, so then maybe you're not teaching in any groups yet. No, no, I'm not. No? I just I have private students right now only. Exactly. So you are you open for private students who listen to this podcast and go yes. like, oh, yes, okay. I'm open for private students and for mm. assisting on groups and yeah, mm. for sure. And how would they go to contact you in the best way? Uh, my email address that you guys have, you can leave that. That's public. That's fine. You can mm -hmm. contact me that way. And um yeah, that's the best way, really. Yeah. Wonderful. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So I really want to also express thank you, a gratitude to you for this time and uh, for taking your time and uh, for this interview. And as I said, I think it's a great initiative, and you guys are both doing, mm -hmm. and love to see it more and more teachers being interviewed and and yeah just wonderful thank you very much for your time thank you thank you yeah, yeah. thank you for coming <laughs> a pleasure thank you for yeah yeah a pleasure good experience thank you yeah Yes, everybody, welcome to the end of this dialogue. It's good to have you with us as always. 
Until next time, so much love. Bye. See you. <laughs>